0: Today is going to be a great day in God's Word. I'm glad you're, you're here today. I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm all wound up. Have you guys got your coffee in your system? No? Huh. All right. Well, I've had a couple of Americanos. I'm good to go. I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to Vibrant Church. If you're a part of our online family, look, we've got thousands of you out there all around the world joining us online. Church, can we welcome all of them as well today? Wherever you're joining us from, you are family here at Vibrant Church. But hey, listen, I want to jump right into the Word. Get your note sheet ready. You know, today I'm calling my message, Missing Pieces. Someone say, Missing Pieces. pieces. So I don't know about you. There's only probably a few of us in the room that are like this, but I love doing some puzzles. I'm a puzzle person. Any puzzle people in the room? Great, there's like 10 of us. Um, (laughs) Everyone, like, no. No. I love puzzles, it's something that I enjoy doing, it's something that I like to do my puzzle with a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, and just sit there and just do a puzzle and unwind, and I think at this point in my life, now I have a seven-year-old, I have a four-year-old, I have a one-year-old, I just think I need a little extra unwinding time, amen? And so I sit down, I do some puzzles, and I mean, you know, but one thing that bothers me is that sometimes I'll sit down, I'll do like a 500, 600 piece puzzle, And as I'm doing the puzzle, I get down to the very end, I'm I'm, I'm almost finished, I'm getting excited that we're we're narrowing it down, and I realize that I'm missing a piece. So if you like puzzles, you know that like physically hurts you, doesn't it? It's like holding in a sneeze. It hurts. You sit there and go, I can't complete my puzzle. It won't be finished. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how you and I, are a special piece of God's great puzzle, amen? Amen. And without you, we're not complete. You know, God has a special plan for your life. And today I wanna talk about your your purpose and your calling that God has for you. You know, last week, Pastor Ron brought an incredible message and he called it, when the odds are against you. And he talked about your purpose. He talked about how, how David had to step up against Goliath and how the odds were stacked against him. And he asked this question, he said, what is your purpose? Because you're not just here on earth to take up space. So today I want our main focus to be really structured around one of the scriptures that Pastor Ron used last week, and that's John 10.10, 10, if you have your Bibles with you. John 10.10, 10, it says this. It says, I came to give life, life in all its fullness. You know, I like how... It's translated in other versions as well. If you look in the NIV, it says this. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, if you're a a King King James fan, I'm not talking LeBron because I'm definitely not a LeBron fan. But if you're a King James fan, it says this. says, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I love that word abundantly. In the New Living Translation, it says my purpose, God's purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So I want our main focus today to be this. You can put this in your note sheet. In order for me to be fulfilled, I must live in the purpose that God has for me. In order for me to be fulfilled, I need to live in the purpose that God has for me. See, I'm putting a little bit more emphasis on the purpose that God has for me because I feel like many times We look at other people. Now I shared this story back during our 21 days of prayer in January, but this last December, I decided to get my wife a puzzle for Christmas and it was a puzzle I thought we could do together, spend some time together, and so I got her this really nice custom puzzle with our family, it's actually this one right here, check it out. Aww, isn't that sweet? (laughs) Look, it was a great gift! It was a great puzzle. We spent all this time together. It's bonding time and doing the puzzle. And it's our family. It's sweet. But something strange happened. See, I'm sitting there doing the puzzle with her. I came across a very strange puzzle piece. It was this one. Huh. See, apparently, apparently when they were packaging my puzzle, there was a little bit of a mistake because on that puzzle piece, is a lady's face that I do not know. Now, at first, I got a little bit scared. I thought, was this person looking in my window in the back? But nope, just don't know her. Just some random stranger. Hey, and maybe, maybe mysterious lady, maybe you're, you're watching today and I can give you back your puzzle piece. <laughs> but, you know, I've never met her. I don't know her. She's just a mysterious face on my puzzle piece. So this is where my mind goes. Check this out. I feel like there are some of us in here today. Some of us watching online where we're constantly looking at other people's lives. We're constantly looking at other people's puzzles. We're looking at the plan that God has for someone else, and we want it so bad. We want to be like them. We want our family to look like them. We want their picture. We want their puzzle. But look, church, I want to encourage you today. I want you to know this, is that God has a picture for you. God has a puzzle for you. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And you can't take someone else's puzzle piece and force it into your puzzle. It doesn't fit there. You can't take someone else's face and force it into your family. It doesn't belong. You can't take someone else's plan and make it become your purpose. Because that's not who it was intended for. So what's God's purpose for you? If you look back in John 10.10, 10, it says this. It says that God's purpose for you is to give you life in all of its fullness. So that suggests if your life is not feeling full, if it's feeling empty today, then maybe it's time to adjust a few things and realign with the purpose that God has for you. So this morning, I want to simply start by telling you something about yourself. Something that I want you to understand about you. You know, for some of us, we think we know ourselves so well. We, we know our characteristics. We, we know our strengths. We know our insecurities, don't we? You know, we know the things that we enjoy doing, we know our hobbies, we know the people that we love, you know the people that you trust, but today I want to really spend some time opening up something that I don't feel like we probably spend enough time on. I want to unpack today the fact that you were created by God to do something meaningful, something eternal, and something that truly matters. Every one of us in this room, we have the the longing and the feeling that we want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And I don't care if it's you're 10 years old, if you're 20 years old, 40, 80. If you still have breath in your lungs, that means that God is not done with you yet. Amen? I want you to know that you have been set apart. You have been gifted. You have been enabled. You have been empowered to fulfill a very unique calling. You are called by God. So this morning, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to kind of kick off in the book of Ephesians. If you open up there, I find this one one scripture so powerful because of who wrote it and where they wrote it from. See, it's written by Paul, who's writing from a Roman prison. He's writing the Ephesians to emphasize the difference between the Christian faith and pagan religion. Instead of having a religion, he's saying you can have this relationship with God. He's showing us that Christ's church is living it's not just an institution. It's people. It's you. It's me. It's us. It's not this building. And here he is in prison. If we're being transparent, I'll tell you what, if I was him, I probably would have reacted a little bit different. Because when I'm in an uncomfortable situation, when I have pain and hurt in my life, my go to reaction is to look at myself. Have you ever been there? I don't think I'm probably the only one today. Like if I stub my toe, I'm not thinking about you. I'm just trying not to say something bad in front of my kids. Right? See, there's a lot of times when we say, God, why is this happening to me? Or, man, I'm feeling hurt. God, will you take my hurt away? But that's not Paul's reaction. No, he's in prison, and he could very well be saying, God, I was doing everything you asked me to do. Why is this happening to me? And none of us would judge him for that. But his reaction is this. If you look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, he says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you, I beg you, do you feel that urgency, that emotion? I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Again, this is Paul, once known as Saul. He was out there persecuting Christians for a long time, killing Christians. His life's completely changed. He's transformed. And now he's begging you to live in the calling that God has for you this should resonate with a lot of us today. Because I guarantee that whether you'll admit it or not, (laughs) I guarantee that you have a sense that you were created for a reason. You were created for a calling. You were created for a purpose, for a destiny. And you know that no matter what you achieve in this world, no matter how much money you make, no matter how many followers you have on social media, No matter how much authority you have in your workplace, you know that you long for more than what this world views as success. See, in our culture today, we're constantly trying to build our own personal brand, aren't we? You look at someone's Instagram, and it's full of hand-picked photos that are edited to perfection. You talk to a lot of our young people today, and they wanna be YouTube influencers. Here's our student section right here, watch this. How many of you guys wanna be a YouTube influencer? Come on now, help me out. They're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be on the camera. It's fine. It's fine. Be shy. They want to be YouTube influencers. I see people on YouTube making all this money and doing all this. It's cool. It's a real thing. I'll tell you, my seven-year-old, Miles, and he walks around my cell phone. He'll, he'll flip it over to video because he thinks then he's on YouTube. He's not. And he'll put it on the camera. He'll just walk around and talk to his audience. <laughs> There ain't no one watching this kid. And he's talking to his audience, right? And you know what he's doing, because when he gets to the end of his video, he always says, don't forget to click like and subscribe. I'm like, poor kid. No one's watching you. But in today's world, we are trying to make a name for ourselves, aren't we? We're trying to become more influential. But what, what is God calling us to? What does it mean to be called by God? If you look in the original root of the Greek word for calling, it's pretty significant. The root Greek word is kaleo. Someone say kaleo. Kaleo Kaleo is the root of 16 other significant words in the New Testament. But kaleo simply means to call. If you look at the other root words, we're not going to go through all of them, but just one of them that really stands out that I want to talk about today is the ecclesia. See, the Ecclesia is the assembly of believers. It's the church. It's us. It's translated as the called out ones. Look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm called out. Online right now, get in that chat and say, I'm called out. See, we're called out. We're not called to this building. We're not called to another building. We are called out and into the world. If you truly think about how you are set apart, if you truly think about how God has gifted you, and how he's called you out to make a difference in the world. There's a little bit of weight that comes with that, isn't there? I don't know about you, but it makes me ask the question sometimes, what if I miss my calling? I've thought that before. I felt like I, I was 15 years old, almost 16, when I felt that God was calling me into ministry. But then I got to the age of trying to choose a college. I'm going like, well, I don't want to miss my calling. Which one do I go to? I had all this stress I want to be in His will. What if I chose the wrong one? After college, I had a couple opportunities to go into full time ministry. Which one do I choose? It's stressful. And then, and then, I remember 11 and a half years ago, I was interviewing here. And at the exact same time, I was interviewing at a church in Colorado Springs. Yeah, you could say it. I mean, I know you're thinking it. Come on now, Colorado's a nice place, huh? I do like snowboarding. But it's stressful when you're constantly thinking about, God, what is your calling on my life? What is your calling on my life? And it's easy at moments in life when decisions have to be made to stress over that. See, if God is calling me, if he's chosen me for something special, then I'm a unique piece of his puzzle. But what if I miss my my calling? Do I become a missing piece? what specifically is God calling me to do? Here's the first thing I want us to understand about our calling. I'm going to break it down real simple today for us. Write this down in your notes. God's calling is more about who we are than what we do. His calling is more about who we are than what we do. We have to embrace the fact that it's more about who we are. When God calls you, he's calling you to a who before he's calling you to a what. If you look at what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, 9, he says this, For God saved us and he called us. Now put a pin in it right there. He doesn't continue that sentence by saying he saved us and called us to be a pastor of a church. He didn't say he he saved us and called us to be a missionary in the jungle in Africa. He didn't say that he saved us and called us to be a teacher at a specific high school. Or to be a manager of a specific store. God might do those things, but that's not what Paul's saying right here. He didn't say you were called to be a YouTube influencer, even though that would be pretty cool. He didn't say you were called to go to a specific college, live in a specific place, do a specific thing. Paul didn't say you were called to a task or a job. This is what he says. He says, for God saved us, and he called us, and then underline this next part, to live a holy life. It's about who we are before what we do. Then it says this, God did this not because we deserved it, because we don't, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. So what has God called you to? Write this in your notes. God has called me to live a holy life. Amen? You are called to be holy. It means to be set apart. It means to be different. In other words, the more you follow Jesus, the less you look like this world. The more you follow Jesus, the less you act like this world. The more you follow Jesus, the less you think like this world. The more you follow, the less you behave like this world. See, the more you follow Jesus, the less you are driven by the things that other people are driven by because you have been set apart by God. Listen, I love the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 in the Bible. And if you really look at it, that that count is really of just the men that he was feeding in that that big miracle. And a lot of scholars say that there was probably a good 10 to 20,000 people that were fed that day by one Lunchable, right? So you got Jesus over here doing this amazing miracle with all these people, let's just say 10, 15,000, right? All these people and he goes and starts multiplying all this food and all these people are fed and they all got to see this firsthand. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was there, I'd be like, man, I'm going to stick with Jesus. But what's interesting is that after that, only a few people kept following him, and most of them just went on with their day. See, so I want you to understand this. There's people in your life right now, and there are churches full in this country of people who are just there for the free food and the events. But real life change happens when you follow Jesus. Amen? So here's the thing you want to live within the calling that god has placed on your life the question that we need to be asking is not god what do you want me to do it's not god where do you want me to move it's not god what college should i go to it's not god what job should i take god can be and will be involved in all of those things but the question we need to be asking today is this is god who do you want me to become So how do we make sure we're becoming who he wants us to be? Now this is going to seem like following God 101, but if you're anything like me, sometimes I just need some good basics to realign me because I get, I mean, I get sidetracked and I get busy in life and and just like you, I mean, like we get sidetracked and I just need some basics to realign me with what God wants me to be doing because the further and further I get from him, the more likely I am to be a missing piece in his puzzle. So here's some practical ways to follow Jesus. Number one, write this in your notes. Get to know God. Get to know God. If you're out there and you're like, well, I already know God. Great, write the word better. Get to know God better. You'll never arrive. We need to be lifelong learners. You know, I thought I knew my wife when we got married. But now, we're coming up on our 12-year anniversary, and now that I've spent so much time with her, I've had so many conversations with her, that now I know what she needs from me even before she asks, because I know her. See, the more you know God, the more you will know his calling on your life. So how, how do I know him more? Well, first off, you need to know his word. Get to his word. Read your Bible. Get on the Bible app. Start with a minimum of at least just one scripture a day. Get to know his word. The other thing we need to do is we need to know his voice. It means you need to be spending some time in prayer and say, well, Mike, you don't know my schedule. I'm so busy. I get it. I got three kids. So my time is this. I I simply just don't listen to the radio in my car, and that's my time with God. Find time to learn his voice. It's so important. If you look in Psalm 63, 1 through 8. It's a really powerful moment here in Scripture because in this moment, David is hiding from Saul, who is the king, who's jealous of him. And for this moment, I just want you to put yourself in David's shoes here, all right? He's in the middle of a desert. He's hiding in a cave because the king wants to kill him. And at a time where a lot of us, I would imagine, would have a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear, probably a time where many of us would question God, maybe would say things like, did I miss my calling? David knew God's voice. Because he knew God's voice, he was able to confidently walk with God even though he has some tough circumstances around him. This is what it says. It says, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. Say he's seeking God in this moment. The Bible says that when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He's seeking him even in this moment. He says, my soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water. He's writing this literally. He's struggling because there's not a whole lot of water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You see, he's still focusing on God's voice. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you, God, are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. You see, church, the more you know God, the more you know his calling for you, regardless of what's happening around you, regardless of the storm around you, regardless of the report the doctor gave you, regardless of what you're walking through. When you know God, you know his calling, regardless of what's happening. Get into his word. Spend time in prayer. Second thing is this. Write this down. Make God first. First. In every area of your life. Make God first in every area of your life. Matthew 6:33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Look, let's be honest, it's easy in life to become a missing puzzle piece. Life gets busy. We get distracted, and before you know it, you're disconnected from the rest of the body. And the Bible describes us as the body of Christ. You know, a hand, it doesn't look like a leg. A a foot doesn't look like an ear. And even though they, they look different, they have different abilities, they do different things, they have different functions, when they all come together, they make a body. They make something better. See, this is the way I like to think about it. If I was to have my leg amputated, I could still live a very whole and happy, healthy life. The only thing is that I I wouldn't be able to run and jump as well as someone with two healthy legs, right? If I had one glass eye, I could still read, I could still watch TV, I could still make all these memories with my kids and watch them. But I can't see as well as someone with 20-20 vision, See, when I'm doing one of my puzzles at my house, I can I put the puzzle together, and if I'm missing a piece or two, when I get all done, you can still tell what the picture is supposed to be. But it's not the best that it can be. It's not complete, because I'm missing a piece. So it's easy to go to church on Sunday, and then go back home, and then go over the next Sunday, and then go back home, and then go the next Sunday, and go back home. But if you make that the extent of your relationship with God, in turn, at some point, you'll feel like a missing piece. Let me tell you this, church, we need you. But the thing we don't preach about probably enough is the fact that you need us. We've said it so many times from this stage that real life change happens in circles. It doesn't happen in rows. See, you need to be in a small group. You need to be on the dream team serving. You need to get into an outreach and serve your community. We are better together than we are alone. You need to insulate yourself with other people. Don't isolate yourself from them. So today, when you walked in, all of you received a puzzle piece. You guys got your puzzle piece? Look, I know that many of you will probably just take this piece and throw it away when you get home. I mean, to be honest, some of you are just gonna throw it away before you even leave this place. Why? Because you probably view it as insignificant because you don't own the rest of the puzzle. But for this moment, I just want you, will you just humor me for a second? Will you take that puzzle piece and just hold it in your hand? See, between both services today, everyone received a puzzle piece. And if we were to take all of these puzzle pieces and put them together, they would make this image right here. See, it's a thousand piece puzzle. If we all put it together, it'd make that picture. But you only have one piece. Does that mean that your piece doesn't matter because it's so small compared to the whole? See, I feel like we need to change some perspectives this morning. Some of you feel like your puzzle piece is insignificant because, you know, from the overall puzzle, there's a thousand pieces. And you only have one. But this morning, let's flip our perspective, okay? This is what I see. I see that the puzzle is not complete without your piece, amen? God has a calling on your life. You were created intentionally. Just like that puzzle piece that that you're holding today. Every color, every mark, every line was intentionally placed there. So when it comes together with all the other pieces, it makes something greater. It makes the picture. But for being honest with each other today, maybe some of you today, and maybe no one else knows, maybe you're feeling insignificant. Maybe today you feel like you're less than. Maybe for you, you feel small compared to the situation that you're in the middle of. You feel small compared to the giant that you're up against. You feel small compared to that storm that you're walking in. Maybe you don't feel fulfilled. Maybe no one knows it. Maybe for you today, you feel lost. Can I tell you this? I want to encourage you today God's puzzle, His picture. As the Bible puts it, I love this, his masterpiece is not complete without you. The Bible says that he will leave the 99 in search of that one. And let me tell you, I can tell you right now whenever I'm missing a puzzle piece, I'll go flipping couches, moving chairs, throwing tables, trying to find that one small piece. I want you to know God feels the same way about you. He is desperately, desperately in love with you. So today, this is my hope is that you take that puzzle piece and just put it in your pocket. As a reminder, that you're a part of something bigger than yourselves. God's calling you. He's created you. He's designed you specifically for a purpose. Something that's bigger than yourself. God's calling you. He's calling you to live a life that's set apart, a life that's holy. He's calling you to be like Jesus, to make him known. And at the end of the day, your success in walking in your calling will not be based on your appearance. It won't be based on your financial status. It won't be based on the followers you have on social media. It won't be based on how important you look to everyone else around you. No, your success in walking and your calling will only be based on how you faithfully serve Jesus. Amen? Amen. Listen, I want to read that scripture that Paul wrote one more time to you as we close today. Here's Paul. He's in prison. Let's put ourselves in his shoes for one more time. He says this, you ready? He says, I a prisoner serving the Lord, I beg you. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you, for you church, you have been called by God. Did you receive that word today. Listen, will you bow your heads with me today? Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we could be in your presence. God, we thank you that we could be in your house. And today, for any of those of us that, that we feel like we're just a missing piece, God, I just ask that you help give us the confidence to walk and follow you in your ways, in your light, and in turn connect ourselves with the body. God, allow us to insulate ourselves with your people because then we can do something that's so much greater than ourselves, God. We can make you known. We can make you famous, God. We can reach the lost for you. God, we love you. As we stay in this moment of prayer, look, there's some of you today. You're saying, look, Mike, I I don't even have a relationship with God. Or maybe at some point you did and you've kind of stepped away from him turn you've kind of become a missing piece let me tell you this it's like I said earlier as you draw near to God he will draw near to you and today is the day for you to be found today's the day you might be saying well Mike you don't even know what I've been doing you don't know what kind of sin is in my life you don't know even what I did last night I don't need to know God knows, you know, that's all. Let me tell you this, a couple weeks ago, though, I was doing a puzzle and I lost a piece. And I thought that my one-year-old had, had probably taken it and lost it, and I was frustrated with him. And I went to bed that night frustrated that my one-year-old lost my puzzle piece. The next morning, though, I woke up and I saw on my dining room table next to the puzzle was the missing piece. My seven-year-old had found it. See, that moment, I didn't hold some grudge on my one-year-old. No, I celebrate that. So found i puzzle piece, and it can be complete. It reminds me of the prodigal son. See, he took his, his father's inheritance. He took the money. He goes and he wastes it. He spends it. And in a moment where he's going, well, my father will never forgive me. I'm just going to beg that he'll at least let me be a servant on his property. Right? He goes back and he's making his way home and his father sees him. And the Bible says that as he sees him coming, he begins to cry and he yells out, my son, and he runs after him. He runs after him, throws a party for him, forgives him. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what you've done, no matter how much you're judging yourself, I want you to know God forgives you. He loves you. He has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And today's the day that you're found. So that's you today. Say, look, Mike, I want to make a fresh start with God. It's time to get my life right. It's time to be found today. That's you. No one's looking around. Will you just raise your hand and say, Mike, pray for me. God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. I know I didn't deserve it, but God, I'm so thankful. God, I don't want to be lost anymore. Thank you for finding me. God, give me a fresh start and a new beginning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate that today? Come on now.